This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. On June 27th, 2018, was the first day, the first moment I ever stepped foot in this building. Okay, don't put those pictures up yet. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. You got me? You got me? All right, we're good, we're good. Okay? The moment I walked into this building, the Holy Spirit just said, you're home. And then I looked to Bill real quick, okay? Because me and Bill had seen about 48 different buildings and the whole elder team, but I looked at Bill because I wanted to know, is Bill feeling what I'm feeling right now? You know what I mean? And he just kind of gave me that grin, you know what I mean? Just that little grin and that. I was like, we, we're good. We're good. We're, we're home, okay? And uh, we, we met as a team, an elder team, right after we saw this building. And 100% of us said yes. And that was the deal. We weren't going to move on any building until we had 100% consensus with everybody on the elder team. Everybody on the elder team said, yes, this is our home. Three buildings in three years. Amen, somebody. Come on. Listen, I know many, many friends that are in year eight, year 10. They're still in school, still setting up and tearing down that would love to have a church home. We are blessed beyond measure in Jesus' name. Now, the first building that we started in was called the Edge Teen Center. It's just around the corner. Now you can put some of those pictures up, okay? I remember the first time I walked in the Edge Teen Center, I saw, go back to that couch picture real quick. I saw, I saw those couches, and I thought, I'm not going to sit on those couches. I might get a disease if I sit on those couches, okay? That's a nasty couch, you know what I mean? Now, the same thing happened when I walked into the Edge Teen Center. The Lord said, you are home, okay? This building was a total of 3,000 square feet, okay? It was a dirty, dirty, dirty teen center, okay? Just imagine putting a couple hundred smelly teenagers in there day after day, okay? And then we would have church there on Sunday morning, okay? So we used a lot of Clorox wipes during that season, okay? I mean, it it was tough. It was small. I remember, like, we had our stage was the size of this, like, rectangle right here. You know what I mean? And then, like, I would be speaking, and Elena, come here. Elena would be sitting, like, this close, you know what I mean? Like we were on top of each other, you know? The kids, they were right next to us. We had this like foam wall to keep the kids. Go, to, Yeah, there, there's the kids' room, okay? There's the foam wall right there, okay? During service, the foam wall would flex. We could see the craziness. Amanda Coots was in that room trying her hardest to keep children quiet during service, okay? It was not an ideal place. The second building was a few doors down, okay? It was a warehouse. Show the pictures, okay? The warehouse. There's the first time I went into the warehouse, okay? That boat says C-note, okay? 
There's a massive boat inside of this warehouse. I remember the first time we walked in that building, the Lord said the same thing. He said, you are home. I said, are you sure, God? Are you positive about this? I don't know if you can see, like, way back there in the right corner was a bathroom. It was the only bathroom, and it was in the sanctuary. So all of us knew when somebody had to poo, okay? I'm just being honest, okay? I mean, it was rough sledding, you know what I mean? It was a total of 2,000 square feet. We had a, we had a, you know, we had a stage in there. There was zero air conditioning. Listen, if you were there at that time, give it up for yourself, okay? You were, you were, woo! I remember, I remember some services. We get done with services. I was like, I need a shower. I'm just drenched with sweat. I mean, everybody out in the crowd, they're passing out, not not because of the spirit, because of heat exhaustion, you know what I mean? It was insanely hot. Jason Howard did everything he could to help us cool that place, and nothing worked. We, all right, go to that lobby picture, okay? The lo- all right, the lobby right there, listen, we had people sitting in the lobby as overflow, I remember people would, like, look through that door to just, like, see service. And then sometimes people were just happy to hear it. They didn't even see service. They were just out there hearing it, okay? And then God brought us here, okay? And I remember the first time we walked in, God said, you're home, okay? I remember we opened up the door. First of all, the smell the smell, the smell could have choked you to death, okay? I mean, you, would have just, you could have just thrown up when you, you just opened up the door. You're like, wow, in Jesus' name, that is not Febreze in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? That is not Febreze, you know? And I remember, like, we went into the lobby. The first thing I saw in the lobby was a dead rat. It was just a dead rat. I mean, a dead rat, and God is like, welcome home, son. I mean, there wasn't, I mean, the whole building was a yard sale. There wasn't one square inch in the building, outside of the building, that didn't need love. Everything needed love. But every time we went to a building, God would say this to me. He would say, rebuild. 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 What is God saying? Have faith, right? I want you to walk in faith. See, too often, you can take that down. Too often, our plans and God's plans are different. I don't know if you figured that out yet, okay? They're vastly different between God's dreams, vision, and the wisdom that he has in store for us. God sees things very different. And we are in a time, in a season. And the word of God says this. It says, to know the time and the season that you are in. Okay? Sometimes I I just think we totally forget that we are so close. We are so close. If you just study things that are going on in the Middle East, if you just look at what's happening in Syria, if you just look at what's going on with Russia and all these nations and how they're coming together and how they're setting up, man, the, we are, we are, we are going to see Jesus soon. 
Jesus is soon. He didn't say we know the day, but he said we know the season and time. And we are in a season and we are in a time. But we are in a season and a time where what? People believe that their truth is truth. I think a lot of times, even in church, we believe that our truth is truth. We want more knowledge. We search the internet and social media. We're looking for love. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for understanding. We're looking for people to validate us. We're looking for man's wisdom. We're looking for understanding. We're looking. But I got to ask this question. Do you remember how that worked out for Adam and Eve? Because in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says this, that the woman was convinced and she saw the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give to her. So how is it that she got the wisdom that it gave to her, but she still couldn't find what she was really looking for? How is it that she got wisdom then got kicked out of the garden, and then spent the rest of her life and Adam's life trying to give back what God had already blessed them with. Amen? Looking for wisdom. We're looking for man's wisdom. We're looking for understanding. We're looking to go, man, CBD everything. You know, CBD necklaces, (laughs) CBD oil, CBD food, you know what I mean? We're looking, we're searching, you know? We're like, I I love this. It's so amazing. Like, everybody's like, cut the cord, no more cable. That's cool. Now you just pay 14 different media platforms the same amount of money, you know what I mean? But we are so full of wisdom, right? Man, it's just so full. We don't need one camera on our phones. We need five cameras on our new iPhone, you know what I mean? I need five different looks in Jesus' name. Did you know, I looked this up, 129,680,348 people have streamed The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Can anybody testify to The Mandalorian, okay? Not yet? Stranger Things, 100 plus million. Game of Thrones, 100 plus million. We're taking more small vacations. We're taking more big vacations. We need new cars. We need new homes. We need more credit. We're looking and searching for wisdom and understanding, and we're looking for something that will stick. And the whole time, God always goes, I got a great plan for your life. I know your life. I made you. I designed you. I really know how to please you. I really know how to take good care of you. You want to know what the most mind-numbing thing was about this building? Was that I passed it every day for three years. For three years, God was going, there's your home. For three years, I would drive by it and go, what is that weird tent thing, you know? What is that thing, you know? For three years. So God has wisdom. He has understanding. He has knowledge. And he wants to help us. And I believe that as we go into 2020, that God wants to rebuild. 
And God wants to rebuild us in 2020. Uh, if you got your Bible, pull out your Bible. If you have the Bible app, pull out your Bible app. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen for you. We're going to the OT, Old Testament. We're going to Nehemiah, okay? Nehemiah chapter 1. Did that for Melissa. You love when I do that, don't you? You love it in Jesus' name. Four years going strong, right? Amen. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2. Haran, one of my brothers, came to visit with some of the other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned from their captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. Verse 3, they said to me, Things are not going well for those who have returned to the providence of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, Nehemiah says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, I fasted, I prayed to the God of heaven. Now, why are Jerusalem's walls destroyed? And why does this even matter? Okay. First, we have to figure out why the walls are destroyed. We got to go back to the book of Judges, Judges chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. After that generation had died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. Y'all should highlight that verse. You should circle that verse. You should put that verse up in your house, okay? We are living in a generation in a time that generations are passing on and new generations are not knowing the things that God has done. Amen? Amen? And as we forget to tell generations, to show generations what God has done, we make it a practice in our house to talk about the things that God has done in our life. We want to share the stories of God's goodness to our boys. We want our boys to hear stories of faith. We want our boys to see stories of victory. We want our boys to see stories of God's mighty hand leading and guiding us. We want our boys to know that we don't grow up with man's wisdom. We grow up with God's wisdom. We grow up with the Holy Spirit. We ask God what he thinks before we look at what man thinks. That's how we want our boys to grow up in Jesus' name. We are not going to let a generation pass on. We are going to let the word of the Lord go to the next generation. Verse 11, Israel did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping other gods, people around them, the other gods of the people around them. So what happens? They get handed over to their enemies. Their enemies take them into bondage. They take over Jerusalem. They knock down the walls in Jerusalem. They are exiled away from their land. Now, why are the walls important? The walls are important for two major things. Number one, it's protection. 
In that day and time, you built walls to keep your enemies out, to keep people away from your life, from your family. The other thing was this. As they built walls, that meant that they kept other people of other races and other ideas out. They kept their other gods out of their land. The God of Baal, they kept them out. So these walls are destroyed. People of God are headed back to Jerusalem. They're going back, but they're in turmoil, and they're in trouble because their walls have been knocked down. And I believe that Nehemiah is a picture of us in 2020. It's a picture of people whose walls have been destroyed, walls that have come down, walls that we have not built up in our soul to protect the things of God that God wants to do in our life in our families, and in our future. Can I get an amen from somebody, okay? So I believe that God in 2020 desires to rebuild walls, and that's one of our big missions going into 2020 as a church. Vision mission is to help build new walls. So we're gonna talk about three things that I believe God wants to rebuild next year. The first one is this, it's truth. It's truth. Truth is truth, and my truth comes from the Bible. I don't know where your truth comes from. My truth comes from the Word of God, the whole book, not parts of the book, not little things that I like in the book, but cover to cover, that is truth for me. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says this, so above all, all, meaning every area of your life, all areas of your life, in all, it says this, chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Now, how many of you would go, man, I'm just really grateful for grace. Grace is just awesome, man. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't do everything right this week, okay? Maybe some of you did. God bless you. Real happy for you. I didn't. I needed some grace this week, okay? But I'm super thankful that grace empowers me to go after the righteousness that God has. I just feel like we are in a hyper grace moment. Church, the, the, the church, the capital church swings. And I know that when I was growing up, it was very works driven. It was very about what did you do lately for the Lord? And you are going to work yourself into the kingdom of God. And that is a really tough place. That is hard. And I remember growing up in that and thinking, if the bar is here, I'm never going to get there. So if I'm never going to get there, then what's the point, right? And so I just walked away from the Lord. I wanted nothing to do with him because I thought the bar is so high. If the, if the pastor of the church, our pastor, I mean, he was just, he was like the nicest person on the planet. I mean, he was just like, 
perfect. I mean, perfect. He had this, like, perfect suit on every Sunday. He, like, shook your hand. He was like, hey, brother, how you doing? You know what I mean? And, and he was just super great, and he was just perfect at everything. And I was just a terrible teenager, okay? I mean, I was just an awful kid, you know? And I thought, that's what a Christian looks like. I can't be that. So I don't believe in works, but I also don't believe in hyper grace that goes, I'm just going to pray a prayer, and then nothing in my life will ever change, and I'm good, I'm just going to go to heaven. Sorry, if you believe that, I don't. I believe that we are called to look, smell, talk, be like Jesus. Now, I'm thankful that I'm in the process. And I'm thankful that when I'm 70 or when I'm 80, I'm going to be a whole lot farther down the road. Can I get an amen from somebody, okay? So I'm thankful for grace. But Jesus says here, he says, seek, chase after the righteousness. Run after righteousness. That doesn't mean I have to be perfect, but I'm going to run after the things of God. I'm going to run after his character and his nature, and I'm going to run after things that please him. This is why sometimes I'll say, like, hey, I was watching this show, and the Holy Spirit said, nope, don't watch that show. That's okay. It's you seeking righteousness. It says, run after, seek righteousness. And then it says, then all of these less important things will be given to you in abundance. I believe that we need to teach our children, our grandchildren. We need to retrain ourselves about something. And I believe the thing that we need to teach our children and retrain ourselves is this. We need to make an importance about the house of God. The house of God. Now, I think sometimes it was a little crazy when I was growing up. We were there on Sunday morning. We were there on Sunday night. We were there at Tuesday prayer night. Anybody a Tuesday prayer night people? Okay. We were there on Wednesday night service. I was at most elder and deacon meetings with my grandparents. I cut my teeth in church big time. And I think that sometimes it was a little overboard. But do I believe right now that we are kind of loose, kind of like, um, que say ra, say ra, about the house of God in 2019? Yeah. Matthew said, put Jesus first in everything. I just talked to a great family in our church, people I love and people I deeply respect. I just had a conversation with them about a month ago, and, and the Lord just reminded me. He said, you know, you know what your job is? You're a pastor, but you're a shepherd. So sometimes... My job is to grab somebody in our church and go, hey, you're wandering off. 
this isn't, this isn't God's best for you and your family. And it's not because I'm not liking that person. It's because I take this job seriously. And I'm serious that I will stand before Jesus someday and give an account for your life. You will not give an account for anybody in this church. I will give an account, Jess will give an account for every single one of you that he's entrusted to us to lead and guide and to shepherd. And I take that very seriously. And I just talked to this family. I said, hey, I think we need to make an, a change, a shift about the importance of the house of God over sports. And listen, we're a sports family, okay? I mean, we're in the thick of it. I'm coaching Michael's eighth grade team. I'm helping coach Ben's fourth grade team. We love basketball. I mean, basketball just runs through us. We, we love it. We love sports, okay? But one of the things that we've made a priority in the Workmeister house, which is our house, We've made it a priority, hopefully, in this house, is that we teach our kids that the house of God comes first. House of God comes first. I believe that in anything, in everything, if it's my marriage, if it's your money, my money, if it's my time, if it's my talent, Anything that I possess, if I will put Jesus first in any of those areas of my life, and if I will seek Jesus first, he is faithful to reward you and I. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must Believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek after him. Remember Matthew 6.33 says, and he'll give you all these things in abundance. Listen, there have been multiple AAU teams that have asked Michael to be on their team. Okay, great opportunities. He got asked to play for the uh, Cincinnati Lakers, great AAU basketball team, would have been on the road, going to big tournaments, being seen by big college coaches, being seen by all kinds of different places. Told the coach, called me up one day, hey, would you and Michael be interested in being on this team? I said, well, does that mean that we're that he's going to miss Sundays? Well, yeah, we have tournaments every weekend. We play about six months of the year. And every weekend we'll be at a tournament, and, yeah, he'll have to be there on Sundays. And I said, I'm sorry, he's not going to be able to play. Why? Jesus is first. Jesus is first. But you know what I believe? It's a core belief in our house. That when I sacrifice financially, when I sacrifice my time, when I sacrifice my energy, when I sacrifice anything for the Lord, that he's really, really good at blessing us. You know what's funny? Is I just had, I just had this guy from this high school that we played the other night. Michael had a game the other night. He had a really good game the other night. 
Even though God, Michael's missed a bunch of AAU and a bunch of different things for church, God has supernaturally blessed him. His coach called me yesterday on the phone. He's like, hey, I just want to let you know, man, your son is good. He's like, I know some college friends of mine that are scouts, and we're going to send them to watch some of his games. See, we, see, we think we need man's wisdom, right? We think that we need to bow to the pressure of man. We need to bow to the pressure of culture. We need to bow to what everybody else does and says. But God goes, no, you don't need to bow to anything. I'm your God, and I'll favor you, and I'll bless you, and I'll increase your territory, and I'll take good care of you, and I'll make sure that all of your needs are met in abundance and beyond. It is important to put the house of God first in our life, and to seek him. The second thing that I believe God wants to rebuild is this, is a passion for Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 39 says this, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. It's important to hear what the Lord says, verse 40. But Martha was distracted by a big dinner she was preparing. Anybody got some big Christmas dinners you're getting ready for? Got some big Christmas outings. Yeah, you're liars. You're all just lying. Listen, Jess, Jess told me not to say this. She got, we were on the way to Thanksgiving. She was like, Jeff, you can't tell people they're going to hell when you call them liars at church. She's like, that's just not, she's like, that's just not good, okay? So I hear Jess, and I understand her, but you're liars, and you're going to spend five minutes in hell, okay? All right? No, you're not. Says this, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. I don't know about you, but details can strip the passion out of my soul. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay? It's just like, I mean, I told, I was talking to Bill this morning. I got done with everything last night about 2 o'clock in the morning, and my brain was just rolling with details, and I laid in bed for the next three hours just trying to settle my brain last night, okay? Details will strip passion away. Verse 42 There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and will not be taken from her, okay? So let's take an honest poll today in Jesus' name, okay? Honest, okay? You're before the Lord. He is watching you right now, okay? All right. How many of you would go, I would love to not live in worry in 2020? Woohoo! It's a lot of people. Okay, how many of you would go? I would love not to be ran by my emotions in 2020. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know Simon is a liar. I see you, Simon. <laughs> how many of you would go? In 2020, I would love to live in God's wisdom. Yes, yes, okay. Listen, true 
emotional stability, I believe, comes out of the presence of God. There is something about sitting at the feet of Jesus and going, what do you have to say? There is something about when we are in worship and our soul is filled. There is something about the presence of God that can't be made with man's wisdom. This is why we love the presence here. This is why we love worship here. We gotta have it. This is why we're gonna do what Nehemiah did. Remember Nehemiah in verse four says this, he heard this, he sat down and wept. In fact, for, for days I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. This is why in 2020, in January, we are going to do a church-wide 21 days of prayer and 21 days of fasting. Okay? We're going to have 21 days where we have the church open for 21 days. We're going to have prayer meetings. We're going to have worship meetings. We are going to start the year off by pausing and sitting at the feet of Jesus and go, Lord, what do you have to say to me? What do you want to say about me? What do you want to say about my spouse? What do you want to say about my children? What do you want to say about my future? What do you want to say about my kids? What do you want to say, God? Because this is what happened. Nehemiah fasted and he prayed. And when he came out of that time, what did he know? He knew the word of the Lord. He knew exactly what God had spoken to him. And then what happened? He had passion for God's house right? We need passion for the kingdom of God. We need passion for this house. We need passion to serve in this house. We need passion for what God wants to do in this house. We need passion and passion for what God cares about comes out of his presence. When I'm in the presence of God, I hear the voice of God and I know what he wants. Third thing, worship team, you guys can come up is this. God wants to rebuild who we are in Jesus. I remember it was November 1st, 2015, 11-1, okay? It was technically the first service that we ever had as Elevate Church, okay? Now, we celebrate our anniversary in January, kind of the end of January, because that's when we started at the teen center. But our first technical service, which Dave and Hannah, which I don't know, are, yeah, Dave and Hannah like to remind me of this all the time, that the first service was actually on November 1st, okay? It's 11-1, so 1-1-1. And, and God has used this numbers, 1-1-1, to remind us that he is with us. Uh, last night, I was in the middle of ringing up all of the uh, all of the gift cards and the money for the moms last night. And in the middle of me ringing it up, I, I saw the numbers, one, one, one. And it was just one of those things. The Lord's like, yeah, I'm in this. This is me. And so we started that on that Sunday. And um, unlike, and, and this is not me trolling on anybody, okay? I'm not trolling on anybody. There's a, there's a new church that started, I think, about a year ago, downtown Cincinnati, and uh, they're doing great things. We are for them. We're not against it. We are not for, we're not against any church. We love the body of Christ, okay? 
But their first service, I think they had 700 people at their first service, okay? I think at our first service, we had like seven people. You know what I mean? I was just like, all right, in the name of Jesus, here we go. And I, I remember that Sunday. I met this man before service. His name was Joe. I don't remember his wife. But I remember his name, and I have his face burned into my memory. I, I met Joe, okay? And when we got service going, in the middle of that service. And, like, I'm just never nervous to speak, but I was really nervous that day. And I was just terrified that day. And there was, like, seven people there. And we didn't have as many people as we had wanted. And I was just off. And I probably preached the worst message I've ever preached in my life. I don't think David and Hannah believed that. Thank God in Jesus' name. Because they've been with us since that day. Thank you, God, for David and Hannah, Spaniac. We are so thankful for them. But... I remember in the middle of my message, in the middle of my message, Joe was sitting there, and he looked at his wife, and he kind of said something, and they got up, and they walked out. I don't know if you've ever spoke before, but that is not a fun experience, okay, at all. Somebody getting up in the middle of your message, basically going, man, Eddie, that ain't no good, bro. I ain't feeling you today. And Joe and his wife never came back, ever. And it was the first time in my life that I ever felt the fear of man. It was heartbreaking. And you know, Fear and the fear of man will manifest in different ways. For me, it manifested in anger. Another way it manifested for me was anxiety. And when I get angry or I get fearful, I get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I freeze. I don't know about you, but I just freeze. It's kind of like the movie Black Panther, you know, when he, she's like, don't freeze, you know what I mean? And he sees her, he freezes, you know? I freeze. And that doesn't work well because the Bible says that we please God by our faith. So when I'm overwhelmed and I'm frozen and I'm in anger, it is really tough. I cannot walk in faith, and I can't walk in the things of God. So a few weeks ago, I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, who do you want me to be? Who do you want me to be? The first thing the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to just be nice. I made you to be a nice boy. This is what he said to me. He said, I made you to be a nice boy. Sometimes when I pray, The Lord will just remind me, I have this, this picture of me when I was like five years old. And I had like blonde curly hair. I was dressed up as a cowboy. And the Lord will just remind me of me when I was five. And he goes, that's who you are, that nice boy. Because if you know me, I'm not always nice. I'm just being honest, just being real. A couple weeks ago, me and Jess were in the car. I was just overwhelmed, anxiety, fear. And it just came out in a different way. And Jess had this 
sweater on, and I didn't like it. And I'm like, I don't like that sweater. You look frumpy in that sweater. I'm not feeling that. Yeah, that's mean, isn't it? That's just mean. I can be mean sometimes. And the Lord just said to me, he said, he said, I want you to be nice. Amen? And then the Lord said this. He said, I want you to love me in the Holy Spirit, and I want you to let go of things and let me do the heavy lifting. Have you ever noticed that your personality will change when you're trying to carry the things that God hasn't intended for you to carry? Your whole makeup, your whole character will change because you're carrying something God never intended for you to carry. You're carrying weight and stress and pressure and anxiety and fears that God never wanted you to carry. He reminded me of this verse. Romans 8, 31, it says, nothing can separate us from God's love. What shall we say about these wonderful things? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but give him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Won't you stand to your feet today? If you feel comfortable, just raise your hands to heaven. Just ask the Lord, Lord, just rebuild. Rebuild me. Come on, tell him, tell him. Surrender for 2020. Come on, surrender for 2020. Tell him, Lord, I'm surrendering it for 2020. We're going to put you first in 2020. I'm going to let you build me in 2020. I'm going to seek righteousness in 2020. I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit in 2020. I'm going to seek your wisdom and understanding in 2020. Jesus, we praise you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you. You're faithful when we're not. We thank you, God, for your mercy and grace. We thank you for your leading. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our lives. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need your wisdom, your understanding, your guidance. Father, we thank you that you are for us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you, God, that you are with us. We thank you, God, that you're going to walk this journey with us. We thank you that the word of the Lord says, Jesus, you said you came to set us free from ourselves, set us free from our prison, set us free. You came to declare the year of Jubilee over us. So I bless your people right now in Jesus' name. I declare a year of blessing, a year of favor, a year of increase, a year of health, a year of being led by the Holy Spirit, a year of your favor and blessing upon your people. I say, tell the Lord, Lord, I want that. I receive that. 
Say, Lord, I receive that in the name of Jesus. I want all that you have in store for me. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information. 